when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches lost Lord James. Stately, plump, buck bargain. All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Friends of Shakespeare and Company read Ulysses by James Joyce. Read today by Douglas Stewart. To revert to Mr Bloom, who after his first entry had been conscious of some impudent mocks, which he, however, had borne with being the fruits of that age upon which it is commonly charged that it knows not pity. The young sparks, it is true, were full of extravagancies as overgrown children. The words of the tumultuary discussions were difficultly understood and not often nice. Their testiness and outrageous moes were such that his intellects resiled from nor were they scrupulously sensible of the proprieties, though their fund of strong animal spirits spoke in their behalf. But the word of Mr Costello was an unwelcome language for him, for he nauseated the wretch that seemed to him a crop-eared creature of misshapen gibosity, born out of wedlock and thrust like a crook-back teeth and feet first into the world, which the dint of the surgeon's pliers in his skull lent indeed a colour to so as to put him in thought of that missing link of creation's chain, desiderated by the late ingenious Mr Darwin. It was now for more than the middle span of our allotted years that had been passed through the thousand vicissitudes of existence, and being of a weary ascendancy, and self a man of a rare forecast, he had enjoined his heart to repress all motions of a rising collar, and, by intercepting them with the readiest precaution, foster within his breast that plenitude of sufferance which base minds jeer at, rash judgers scorn, and all find tolerable and but tolerable. To those who create themselves wits at the cost of feminine delicacy, a habit of mind which he never did hold with, to them he would concede neither to bear the name nor to herit the tradition of a proper breeding, while for such that, having lost all forbearance, can lose no more, there remained the sharp antidote of experience to cause their insolency to beat a precipitate and inglorious retreat. Not but what he could feel with mettlesome youth which, caring not for the moes of dotards or the gruntlings of the severe, is ever, as the chaste fancy of the holy writer express it, for eating of the tree forbid it yet not so far forth as to pretermit humanity upon any condition soever towards a gentlewoman when she was about her lawful occasions. To conclude, while from the sister's words he had reckoned upon a speedy delivery, he was, however, it must be owned, not a little alleviated by the intelligence that the issue, so auspicated after an ordeal of such duress, now testified once more to the mercy as well as to the bounty of the supreme being. Accordingly, he broke his mind to his neighbour, saying that, to express his notion of the thing, his opinion, which ought not perchance to express one, was that one must have a cold constitution and a frigid genius not to be rejoiced by this freshest news of the fruition of her confinement, since she had been in such pain through no fault of hers. The dressy young blade said it was her husband's that put her in that expectation, or at least it ought to be unless she was another Ephesian matron. I must acquaint you, 
said Mr. Crothers, clapping on the table so as to evoke a resonant comment of emphasis. Old Glory Alleluiarum was round again today. An elderly man with dundreeries, preferring through his nose a request to have a word of Wilhelmina, my life, as he calls her. I bade him hold himself in readiness for that the event would burst anon. Slife, I'll be round with you. I cannot but extol the virile potency of the old buckle that could still knock another child out of her. All fell to praising of it, each after his own fashion, though the same young blade held with his former view that another than her conjugal had been the man in the gap, a clerk in orders, a link-boy, virtuous, or an itinerant vendor of articles needed in every household. Singular, communed the guest with himself, the wonderfully unequal faculty of metapsychosis possessed by them, that the purpural dormitory and the dissecting theatre should be the seminaries of such frivolity, that the mere acquisition of academic titles should suffice to transform in a pinch of time these votaries of levity into exemplary practitioners of an art which most men anywise eminent have esteemed the noblest. But, he further added, it is mayhap to relieve the pent-up feeling that in common oppress them, for I have more than once observed that birds of a feather laugh together. But with what fitness, let it be asked of the noble lord, his patron, has this alien, whom the concession of a gracious prince has admitted to civil rights, constituted himself the lord paramount of our internal polity? Where is now that gratitude which loyalty should have counselled? During the recent war, whenever the enemy had a temporary advantage with his granados, did this traitor to his kind not seize that moment to discharge his peace against the empire of which he is a tenant at will, while he trembled for the security of his four per cents? Has he forgotten this as he forgets all benefits received? Or is it that, from being a deluder of others, he has become at last his own dupe as he is, if report belie him not, his own and his only enjoyer? Far be it from candour to violate the bedchamber of a respectable lady, the daughter of a gallant major, or to cast the most distant reflections upon her virtue, but if he challenges attention there, and it was indeed highly his interest not to have done, then be it so. Unhappy woman, she has been too long, and too persistently denied her legitimate prerogative to listen to his objurgations with any other feeling than the derision of the desperate. He says this, a centre of morals, a very pelican in his piety, who did not scruple, oblivious of the ties of nature, to attempt illicit intercourse with a female domestic drawn from the lowest strata of society. Nay, had the hussy's scouring brush not been her tutelary angel, it had gone with her as hard as with Hagar the Egyptian. In the question of the grazing lands, his peevish asperity is notorious, and in Mr. Cuff's hearing, brought upon him from an indignant rancher a scathing rhetoric couched in terms as straightforward as they were bucolic. It ill becomes him to preach that gospel. He has not nearer home a seed field that lies fallow for the want of a ploughshare. A habit reprehensible at puberty is second nature and opprobrium in middle life. If he must dispense his balm of Gilead in nostrums and apothegms of dubious taste to restore to health a generation of unfledged profligates, let his practice consist better with the doctrines that now engross him. His marital breast is the repository of secrets which decorum is reluctant to adduce. 
the lewd suggestion of some faded beauty may console them for a concert neglected and debauched, but this new exponent of morals and healer reveals, as it is best an exotic tree which, when rooted in its native orient, throve and flourished and was abundant in balm, but, transplanted to a clime more temperate, its roots have lost their quondam vigour, while the stuff that comes away from it is stagnant, acid and inoperative. The news was imparted with a circumspection recalling the ceremonial usages of the sublime port by the second female infirmarian to the junior medical officer in residence, who in his turn announced to the delegation that an heir had been born. When he had betaken himself to the woman's apartment to assist at the prescribed ceremony of the afterbirth in the presence of the Secretary of State for Domestic Affairs and the members of the Privy Council, silent in unanimous exhaustion and approbation. The delegates, chafing under the length and solemnity of their vigil, and hoping that the joyful occurrence would palliate a license which the simultaneous absence of Abigail, an officer, rendered the easier, broke out at once into a strife of tongues. In vain the voice of Mr. Canvasser Bloom was heard endeavouring to urge, to mollify, to restrain. The moment was too propitious, for the display of that discursiveness which seemed the only bond of union among tempers so divergent. Every phase of the situation was successfully eviscerated. The prenatal repugnance of uterine brothers, the caesarean section, posthumity with respect to the father and, that rare reform, with respect to the mother, the fratricidal case known as the child's murder and rendered memorable by the impassioned plea of Mr. Advocate Bush which secured the acquittal of the wrongfully accused. The rights of primogeniture and king's bounty touching twins and triplets, miscarriages and infanticides, simulated and dissimulated, a cardiac fetus and feti, a prosopia due to a congestion, the agnatia of certain chinless Chinamen, cited by Mr. Candidate Mulligan, in consequence of defective reunion of the maxillary knobs along the medial line so that, as he said, one ear could hear what the other spoke, the benefits of anaesthesia or twilight sleep, the prolongation of labour pains and advanced gravandacy by reason of pressure on the vein, the premature relentment of the amniotic fluid, as exemplified in the actual case, with consequent peril of sepsis to the matrix, artificial insemination by means of syringes, Involution of the womb consequent upon the menopause. The problem of the perpetuation of the species in the case of females impregnated by delinquent rape. That distressing manner of delivery called by the Brandenburgers Sturzgeburt. The recorded instances of multigeminal, twikindled and monstrous births conceived during the catamenic period or of co-sanguineous parents. In a word, all the cases of human nativity, which Aristotle had classified in his masterpiece with chromiolithographic illustrations. The gravest problems of obstetrics and forensic medicine were examined with as much animation as the most popular beliefs on the state of pregnancy, such as the forbidding to a gravid woman to step over a country style lest, by her movement, the navel cord should strangle her creature, and the injunction upon her in the event of a yearning, ardently and ineffectually entertained to place her hand against that part of her person which long usage has consecrated as the seat of castigation. The abnormalities of hair lip, breast mole, supernumerary digits, negro's inkle, strawberry mark and port wine stain 
were alleged by one as a prima facie and natural hypothetical explanation of swine-headed. The case of Madame Grissel Stevens was not forgotten, or dog-haired infants occasionally born. The hypothesis of a plasmic memory advanced by the Caledonian envoy and worthy of the metaphysical traditions of the land he stood for, envisaged in such cases an arrest of embryonic development at some stage antecedent to the human. An outlandish delegate sustained against both these views with such heat as almost carried conviction the theory of his copulation between women and the males of brutes, his authority being his own avouchment in support of fables such as that of the Minotaur, which the genius of the elegant Latin poet had handed down to us in the pages of his Metamorphoses. The impression made by his words was immediate but short-lived. It was effaced as easily as it had been evoked by an allocution from Mr. Candidate Mulligan in that vein of pleasantry which none better than he knew how to effect, postulating as the supremest object of desire a nice, clean, old man. Contemporaneously, a heated argument having arisen between Mr. Delegate Madden and Mr. Candidate Lynch regarding the juridical and theological dilemma in the event of one Siamese twin predeceasing the other, the difficulty, by mutual consent, was referred to Mr. Canvasser Bloom for instance submittal to Mr. Coadjutor Deacon Dedalus, hitherto silent, whether the better to show by preternatural gravity that curious dignity of the garb with which he invested, or in obedience to an inward voice, he delivered briefly, and as some thought perfunctorily, the ecclesiastical ordinance forbidding man to put asunder what God has joined. But Malachias's tale began to freeze them with horror. He conjured up the scene before them. The secret panel beside the chimney slid back, and in the recess appeared Haynes. Which of us did not feel his flesh creep? He had a portfolio full of Celtic literature in one hand, in the other a file marked Poison. Surprise, horror, loathing were depicted on all faces, while he eyed them with a ghastly grin. I anticipated some such reception he began with an eldritch laugh, for which it seems history is to blame. Yes, it is true. I am the murderer of Samuel Childs, and how I am punished. The Inferno has no terrors for me. This is the appearance is on me. Tear in ages, what way I be resting at all, he muttered thickly, and I tramping Dublin this while back with my share of songs and himself after me like the south of the Bulawurus. My hell and Ireland's is in this life. It is what I tried to obliterate my crime. Distractions, rook-shooting, the Erse language, he recited some. Laudanum, he raised the file to his lips, camping out, in vain. His spectre stalks me. Dope is my only hope. Ah, destruction, the Black Panther. With a cry, he suddenly vanished, and the panel slid back. An instant later, his head appeared in the door opposite and said, Meet me at Westland Row Station at ten past eleven. He was gone. Tears gushed from the eyes of the dissipated host. The seer raised his hand to heaven, murmuring, The Mredetta of Mananan. The sage repeated, Lex Talionis. The sentimentalist is he who would enjoy without incurring the immense debtorship for the thing done. Malachias, overcome by emotion, ceased. The mystery was unveiled. Haynes was the third brother. His real name was Childs. The Black Panther was himself the ghost of his own father. 
He drank drugs to obliterate. For this relief, much thanks. The lonely house by the graveyard is uninhabited. No soul will live there. The spider pitches her web in the solitude. The nocturnal rat peers from his hole. A curse is on it. It is haunted. Murder is grand. <laughs>